You're listening to episode six of the Rebel Buddhist podcast, where we talk about how being selfish is the first step to being selfless and avoiding burning out. Because y'all know we can't have that happening right now. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, amigos. I just got back from an amazing weekend, Ladies Weekend near Denali National Park, and I had these epic moments of pure silence, and then listening to the sounds of so many different bird songs. I had amazing views of Denali. For those of you that don't know, it's the tallest peak in North America. And glaciers on the clear days during my morning run. There was hot, hot sun and then gorgeous cloud formations that built up to these super invigorating afternoon thunderstorms that totally freshened up the air. And then back into a sunny evening, because here in Alaska, the sun isn't setting until almost midnight, right? I got eight hours of sleep. Any of you feeling me on that one? Eight hours. It was amazing. I had so much energy when I woke up. Then I rocked out the entire drive back during the local radio station's reggae show and the DJ's Prince Albert Love you, Prince Albert. And you can watch my crazy videos of me rocking out on Instagram because I posted them because I wanted people to like join me and dance and rock out with me. But anyway, then today I got a massage and then I got acupuncture. I don't know what the F was going on that all this happened in a four day period, but I tell you, I'm glad it did because I feel so fired up, so ready to keep doing the work keep showing up for my friends and family, helping my clients create the life of their dreams and keep advocating and taking action for social justice and anti-racism. I mean, I'm on fire, right? I have filled my well. And it's times like these that I'm really glad that my past self has my future self's back. Because You see, I used to wait until I really needed it to schedule self-care. But then guess what would happen? I'd call to schedule a massage and the massage therapist wouldn't have any appointments for a month or the hotels would be booked or no friends were available to take a last minute trip. And then I'd really be losing my shit because when I needed the self-care really badly, I couldn't take it. So what I learned was I have to schedule these things. I have to plan for my self-care because I am never in the mood to do them when the time comes for me to do them. Yes, even a massage, which I love. Like I was in the middle of preparing for this episode when my alarm went off for me to go to the appointment and I was actually super annoyed by it, but I knew I needed to do it for my self-care. And I never feel like I have the time for a trip or for a massage when I actually go get one. There's always something else that needs to get done. But self-care is so important, y'all. And I'm always so glad I had the foresight to schedule in my self-care. My mom never did this, right? She worked night shift at a factory, 
came home, made me breakfast, got me out of bed, drove me to school, then got home and cleaned the house, snagged a few hours of sleep before she picked me up from school again, then brought me home, made me do my homework, cooked me dinner. Then she was out the door to go to work again. And my dad was home, but he had schizoaffective disorder and couldn't help out in the way that he would have liked to. So sure, my mom was selfless, but she was also a total biatch a lot of the time. Super mean to me, physically abusive. Even as a kid, I remember knowing a lot of why she treated me the way she did was because she was so maxed out. But I also remember I knew it was wrong. You know, one time she came home, I was doing nothing. I don't even know. I was just like in the living room or something, just hanging out. She walks in the door, started chewing me out, then picked a fight. And then the next thing I knew, she hit me. And then she started throwing shit in the kitchen. I mean, no. So I said, look, just because you are so stressed out and tired does not mean you can treat me like this. And in those types of experiences, I learned that doing everything for everyone else and nothing for yourself does not translate as love to everyone. She was doing everything, but just going through the motions. She didn't have the bandwidth to do it with heart or presence. I had a similar experience after I had my daughter. My husband was gone a lot, not for work, but that's another episode. (laughs) And I was doing everything, work, shopping, caring for her, cooking meals, breastfeeding, And I would make myself forego my exercise or other self-care so I could spend more time with her because I felt guilty working so much with her being so young. But there I was, going through the motions, no heart, no presence, just a whole lot of tired and bitterness and ready to rip someone a new one at a moment's notice. I was doing her no favors. So I reined that shit in, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because when people ask me how I do so much, my multiple graduate degrees, traveling for months out of the year, the business, the mommy-daughter days, yoga, meditation, all my other multi-passions. I always tell them that a huge part of it is I know how to take care of myself and I prioritize it. I'm also pretty badass at calendaring, but again, that's another episode, but I prioritize my self-care. I know how to work hard, I know how to play hard, and how to make sure my body and mind and spirit can deal with all the things I take on. And I feel like when I talk about my self-care to people outside of the coaching industry, because most coaches already know how important this is, I often get, well, isn't all this self-care kind of selfish? Isn't it all just about you, you, you? And they say that as if it's a bad thing to focus on ourselves, that it's a bad thing to take care of this miracle of a body we have for just an unknown amount of time on this totally unique and precious planet, right? As if we shouldn't be trying to make the most of this one precious human life we have, and that instead we should be focused on other people and not ourselves. Especially now, people think that focusing on themselves at all is selfish and that they should be spending all their time on doing, 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 giving, giving, giving to COVID victims, to their causes, immersing themselves into the anti-racist movement to take down white supremacy. I mean, truth, right? Like that all needs to happen. But then I hear from my clients and community that they are overwhelmed, exhausted, feeling powerless, not knowing what to do and where to put their energy anymore. Now, there's a lot of reasons why people are feeling this way, 
And this burnout is happening to all people, not just white and not just BIPOC. And one very important reason that I want to speak to today is that if you don't take care of yourself, you will burn out. And we cannot have you burning out right now. All the shifts happening right now, all of the dreams that you want to create, they are all for the long haul. And this is a good thing because just like I tell my clients, it took you years to learn these limiting beliefs and negative patterns. So it's not going to change overnight. And I don't want an overnight fix to our society's current problems because most of the quick fixes are temporary. For a true shift, we need to change the structure and change from the inside out. And that will take time. And it will change a hell of a lot faster when we can take care of ourselves so we can stay in it for the long haul. When we learn to take care of ourselves, we can do something forever because we aren't sacrificing our life energy for short-sighted thinking. You cannot dedicate yourself to changing the world and then not take care of yourself. And then you're not helping anyone if you burn out, right? You may even try to ignore world events or feel totally apathetic. So let's start with talking about why being selfish, quote unquote, is a derogatory term. I found a definition of selfish online and it said to put one's needs and desires before other people's. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting because you have to show up for yourself first. You have to know yourself, how your mind works, your strengths, what you need to be able to operate in the world most effectively, what you need to nourish yourself with so that you have the energy to give, how to keep that engine running. From that place, you have so much more to offer and from a much more skillful place. You know, as humans, we are born to create and to contribute to the world. One of the things almost all my clients say is they want to give back to the world to contribute their gift, but that's impossible to do if your well is empty. I've seen this in the spiritual community a lot, right? Like in Buddhism, people will say, oh, I am an aspiring bodhisattva. Like I want to be a bodhisattva and everything I do, I want to do it for others, for the benefit of others. I don't want to be caught in ego and selfishness. And also with women believing they need to give, give, give at their own expense, which seems like the opposite of selfishness, giving with no regard to what we need or what we want, but it's not. First, at least for me, I don't believe that is the purpose of our one wild and precious life, right? This giving, giving, giving to other people with no regard for what we need. I love the quote in Alice Walker's The Color Purple. When she writes, I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. People think pleasing God is all God cares about, but any fool living in the world can see it always trying to please us back. Exactly. Secondly, this fountain of giving is impossible to sustain because you're constantly depleting yourself for other people at your own expense. Of course, there is this actual version of being selfish, right? Which I think of more as only thinking about yourself and taking from other people at their expense and creating more freedom in your life at the expense of the freedom of others. That's selfishness. 
But the way that it's normally defined and the way that many of us have been taught is that if we don't put others first all the time, then we're being selfish. And as with most things, there's a middle way. We can take care of ourselves first. Take the time to study and understand our mind because when we do, we can take more skillful action. People forget we can cause a lot of harm when we take premature action on what we think is the most helpful thing when later we wish we waited to learn more. We give ourselves self-compassion because if you can't give it to yourself, you can't give it to others from a pure heart. And from that middle way, we can give way more than we can trying to pour from an empty cup. When I was depleted and giving all I had to others, I really didn't have anything to give. I couldn't even function, right? Now, someone else, especially other people pleasers would say, oh, look, she's so selfless. That's so admirable. But it's not because what I was giving was so empty. And when I started taking care of myself, what I did for others was so much more rich. Maybe I just had an hour with my kid instead of three, but I was fully present, fully engaged, happy, loving, energized. And guess what? That impacts my kiddo too. She feels more love in that one hour than in three hours of me drinking some wine to escape it all and having her watch an iPad because I can't deal. She is happier and more kind to her friends, to me, her teacher, her dad. It has a ripple effect. So I want to offer this idea of rest as an alternative to those of you who may be wondering if self-care is really going to expand your life versus contract it into some myopic ego trip. When you have more to give, You show up for others, not out of obligation or resentment or self-sacrifice, but out of joy and love and energy. Then giving is something that energizes you instead of something that depletes you. You show up more authentically too. And there's not resentment in the giving because you've taken care of yourself first and you have more to give. Now, some people will not like it when you stop selflessly giving in the way you have been. Like for me... When I told my husband I wasn't going to be the one scheduling sitters and doctor appointments and doing the grocery shopping and cooking all the dinners on top of everything else, it took some adapting. If you've always been the one to plan the office parties or make everyone's lunches or forego the gym time so your friend can complain to you for an hour about the same old shizzle she's been complaining about for years, and then you stop doing all those things that people have come to expect, to them, it will feel like you're taking from them. So I want you to be very clear about this. When you withdraw that giving that has been pulled from your depleted well, that is not at someone else's expense. When you take back something that you had been giving, that's not at their expense. Now, if you expect them to do something for you at their expense, which is different than withdrawing your own giving, and you're asking them to do something for you at their own expense, then that's very different. And this is a huge distinction that you have to be clear about. Withdrawing some kind of contribution that you have been making is not selfish. It's not asking someone to do something they don't want to do. It's not at their expense. But if you start saying, I want you to give me X, Y, Z, then that is at someone else's expense, right? So just consider that. But if you say, 
I'm no longer going to give you my time and they're all upset about it, that is not at their expense. You're not making a withdrawal from their life. You're just taking part of your life back. And so when you're sitting down to make decisions and you feel this sense that you might be being selfish when you're asking someone to give up something in their life for you that will deplete them, then that's something legit to think about. But that's very different than you reining in your own energy for yourself first before you go back out into the world and offer it as a gift or a contribution. So let's also talk about this from the perspective of our own self-image. So many people right now are posting and commenting and writing about how much they care about anti-racism and Black Lives Matter with the intent to look good for other people, to get positive feedback from others, for the optics. There are, of course, people coming from a place of authenticity, but many people feel so insecure right now. They are very concerned with what other people think of them. That's also very human, trying to go out and get approval from other people from outside of us. We can spend a lot of time caring about what others think about us. And this shows up in not taking care of ourselves as well. People pleasing, trying to make them like us, and a lot of the time, maybe even lying and doing stuff we don't want to do and being full of resentment after, right? Just so other people will like us. But in truth, a lot of people can sniff that BS from a mile away. It's so much more effective and authentic when you know that you are worthy and lovable no matter what other people think and come from that place. You take actions out into the world based on your own self-respect, not in an attempt to get it from someone else because you're feeling so empty. Look, doing things that are inauthentic, things you don't want to, pretending you are okay with something when you're not, saying yes when you want to say no, all that shit is super exhausting, right? Like if my kid's school is having a fundraiser, and they're like, hey, can you bake a gourmet cake to auction off and help work at one of the tables? Well, first, I don't even enjoy baking. It takes way too long and you have to get it all perfectly mixed before you stick it in the oven. And then it's done like you can't even taste it and add a little salt or a little this and a little bit of that. I'm like total stovetop cooking gal, right? So although I have done more baking with my kiddos since COVID than I have in my entire life. Right? She's like six, and one of her fave shows is The Great British Baking Show, which cracks me up. But anyway, second, I'm way too busy to bake. I can barely cook a meal in a day, and I often don't. Third, I don't really want to be there for that. There's a lot of other things I like doing at the school instead, like volunteering during classroom time or on field trips. So if I said yes, it would all be a lie, and it would deplete me. I don't get energized by that contribution. But if they ask me to teach mindfulness to teens or to the kindies, that feels authentic to me, exciting, energizing. So from that place, I'm psyched. I go, I teach, I'm super engaged and present with the kids and the teachers. That's also a contribution, but one that fills me up. After it, I have more energy to give. So let's say I say no to the fundraiser and they say, well, what are you doing instead? 
which has actually happened to me when I've said no to someone before, not the school. Her school's awesome that way, (laughs) but just another example. But let's say they ask me that. And so after thinking in my head, it's none of your damn business, I say, I'm going to stay home and watch a movie with my husband. They might say or think, that's really selfish. You should want to help us versus doing what it is you want to do. So you can see how someone could start to convince you that it's a valid argument. But what one of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, said is, say no when yes is a lie. It's not selfish to tell the truth. I mean, think about it. It's so much harder to tell the truth sometimes because we want to control what other people think about us. Why are we so worried about people thinking we're selfish? Because on some level, we think there's something wrong with us. There's something bad about us and that we need to go prove something, prove that we're worthy. But the truth is we can put our needs first and we can be selfless when it's authentic on a much bigger scale. And people will think what people will think about us based on their own belief systems, right? But in order to give, you have to give to yourself first. You have to learn the skill of giving and filling yourself up. So then you can go out in the world and do your work, offer your gifts. Now, here's the thing. I spend a lot of my time thinking about other people and how to help them, right? I think about you, my clients, a lot of the time and how I can give to you and create and contribute to you. And I do this best by first filling myself up by first helping myself, looking at my own shit, solving my problems, and then being able to go out and share the solutions that I find. Can you see how this is the first step in being selfless? We have to take care of ourselves first, then we can be selfless in a much bigger way. Not in a just going through the motions kind of way or in a way that burns you out. Even the Buddha had to eat from a bowl of nourishment before he could attain enlightenment, right? He tried the asceticism thing, starving himself, not taking care of himself, totally disassociating from his worldly body. But he realized the middle way. He needed nourishment too, that in caring for himself, he would be able to discover these amazing truths and serve others more effectively. So how about instead of calling ourselves selfish, we call it self-care. And if that doesn't feel good, pick your own word that does, right? And when people come to you and say, you're spending all this time working on yourself, you can say, yeah, I am. I'm learning about myself, taking care of myself because I have a deep desire to contribute to the world and I can't if I don't have anything to give and I can't do it the best way I can if I don't understand myself and my own mind. Now, I'm not saying to wait to take action until you've got all your shit figured out because that's a lifelong process. I'm saying to not wait to take care of yourself because so many of us say, oh, I'll do that when this problem is finally gone. Then I can rest. But that's not how it works. I saw a post by Nap Ministry on Instagram. They believe that rest is a form of resistance and reparations. They're a very powerful group. And they said, we will never stop. We will rest. So here's to being selfish first, so you can then be selfless. 
Sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. So here's to doing self-care first so you can then be selfless. Because, and I can't say this enough, we really, really need you to be in this for the long haul. And when you take care of yourself, you can totally do it. I know you want to contribute to do the right thing, to make this world better than when you came. Start with self-care. Continue with self-care. Do the work. Take action towards your dreams, towards social justice, towards anti-racism, towards the world and the life you want to create. Never stop. Rest. And the next time someone says you're being selfish, you can say, thanks, I've been working on it. Okay? Have an amazing week, everyone. I'm going to try and walk my talk and unplug for an entire week. May it be of benefit. If you enjoyed this and want to learn more about creating the life and world you dream of, you have to check out Freedom School for Rebels, my monthly coaching experience where we study exactly that in detail and snag the amazing bonuses that go away at the end of the month too. Check it out at joinfreedomschool.com. I'd love to have you join us. That's joinfreedomschool.com. See you in class.